I love how I feel like I'm in the middle of a rock concert. Season six. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I mean, I just thought I was at a rock concert. I was going to put it under your voice going, yeah. Season six. (laughs) It's so good. Not that we, you knew that we took a break. (laughs) I guess there's been shows every week. Isn't that cool? Even when we take breaks, we record. Nobody knows we take breaks. Until we tell you, of course. But here we are. We watched a lot of shit on our break. We did watch a lot of shit. And it was kind of nice to watch like other stuff too. Like I watched other kinds of movies and document. Like it was one of those push play summers, you know, where I could just push play on whatever I was in the mood for. Because of course we're all like always really (laughs) cognizant of what we're watching and should it be in the show and should we yeah. have a show on it? So yeah, it was nice. I watched a lot of fun stuff. Did you watch a lot of different stuff too? I did. I, and I'm, I'm almost done with all four scenes, seasons of succession. I have a oh, few episodes nice. left. Nice. I had mixed feelings about that oh, series. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. I didn't make it past. I think, I don't know. I don't know where I ended up. Not My- to, not to digress too much, no. but I think it's in some ways it's really well written. And in other ways, I'm like, you guys just keep, playing the over same over. problem over and over yeah yeah and over <laughs> family dysfunction and narcissism well i think you nailed it when you and i were talking off air where it's like it's a it's literally a series about a bunch of unlikable people very much give so. or take a couple of endearing moments with some of them Maybe. that that it are <laughs> mostly because it's like cynical not because they're actually empathic or anything like right but Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I really hope they're done after this season. Yeah, I, I can't do cool. another season of this. No, you could be done. You I just, mean, I could be, but I would be like really like more. Yeah. You you, you would kind of be intrigued as to like, are they going to do something? You were like, different? oh my God, have you seen Succession? I'm like, I have. These are like half the people I treat. Yeah. That's kind of what it is for us too, is it's just over and over again with the toxic well, and the sensationalism of it a bit, too, Absolutely. is problematic for me. But anyway, anyway, not to digress. <laughs> but we did. But we do. We do. We're going to talk about popular myths with regards to serial killers. And there are a ton. So we there. only picked 10. So it's a listicle. We're going to talk about 10 different myths here on the show today. You know, one of the first ones, let's see, the first one I thought we could talk about is the one where serial killers cannot stop killing. I think that's a popular thing where it's like, oh, these people must have killed tens of hundreds of people or something. And most of the serial killers that we've broken down on the show have not. No, and they take what are called cooling off periods. Yeah. Which... You know, I did the series on Dennis Rader. Yeah. BTK. I mean, he would go, you know, some of it is about opportunity and making sure if they're an organized serial killer, mm-hmm. and maybe we need to just differentiate that real quick where, you know, organized versus disorganized. Organized serial killers tend to be a little bit more intelligent, well-educated. Where they're like educated. drawers in the kitchen are organized. Yeah. And all the bowls and the spoons. That's right. <laughs> Shut up. The disorganized serial killer would be someone who maybe we know that there's developmental delays. Yeah. There's more of that, what we call the neophyte, like a lot of childhood trauma, maybe some developmental stuff there. They might be more impulsive. Or but, actual mental illness. Or right? actual mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. not just like 
someone being a psychopath. Right. But some of these folks can, can be, depending on what their needs are, can go a significant amount of time. Yep. Or just stop. Well, and a lot of times there's an increase in family activities or they meet a, a partner a lot of times. Yep. They'll meet someone and then they'll and they'll take a break yep. because they're getting whatever their needs are met within that relationship or there's some other diversion, you know, they they lose their housing or something and they yep. got to figure out where to live. Like all the crises that regular folk have or things coming into their life that are cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know that if we're looking at someone who is more psychopathological, they cannot deal with boredom. Right. right so right. if go. they have other stimulus and let's just, just to be clear, just for people listening, the way that we are identifying, you know, the term serial killing means a series of three or more killings. Yeah. That's the FBI way. Yeah. The FBI ways. But you know, sometimes it's, it, it isn't many, not that that isn't a lot, but sometimes it is just three. It isn't 20, like you were saying. Yeah, I think your point, too, about, you know, sometimes there's just things preventing them from finding the particular victim that they're after. When we talked about Dennis Rader, he went through a period where he was very paranoid. His wife had gotten sick. Mm. She was in the hospital, and he was attending to the house and all that, and he worried sure. that if something happened to him during this time and he didn't make it back to the house or whatever, he'd be discovered. Mm -hmm. So like he stopped for a period because he was so paranoid about being caught. So that, that was sense. the motivation. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. And I think that's going to play into one of our other myths later on about they don't all want to get caught. And so that's, that's a piece of it, right? Is sometimes people get hot on the trail and then they got to lay low for a while because they do want to keep, feeding that addiction yeah yeah no it was something like uh didn't dennis Rader stop killing killed like 10 people or something and he stopped killing and it was like a decade or something before he was ever even arrested i'd have to go back and look but he went sometimes like three four years and then there'd be times where he'd get really close to because he would he would do the whole stalking like there's phases yeah. right which yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. really talking about today but that's a whole other show of talking sure. about the different phases and so when they're sort of trolling their victims, which is a phase for him, if, if there was anything, he was so OCD, if there was anything problematic, mm -hmm. he would stop altogether because mm -hmm. there were a couple of times where he got very close to being caught yeah. or things unexpectedly happened because he was impulsive. So the longer he did it, he would, so what he did instead is he would recreate Mm -hmm. in his, like he had a, a room in his house that was locked mm -hmm. and he would recreate a lot of the, the killings. He would take things from the site. So if he would go through a period where he couldn't kill, right. he would recreate the scenes. He would dress as his victims. He would take photos. He would become sexually aroused. He would asphyxiate himself. And that was his way of rehearsing when he couldn't actually carry out. That makes perfect so sense. We don't, yeah. we don't know what they're actually doing in between. no, like I said, sometimes it's because there's actually family activity type stuff. Like, you know, I've, I did a series on Kuklinski and he had a family and a couple mm -hmm. of kids and stuff. So there were times when, you know, he didn't take a job to murder because that was his job was to murder and he wouldn't take a job because he had family obligations and stuff right. to do, or they would have just had a new baby or something like that. I looked it up, uh, Dennis Rader 
murdered 10 victims from 74 to 91 and he wasn't captured until 2005. Yeah. And in the interviews, like you said, that he was uh, using autoerotic activities to substitute for his killings <sighs> to get that addiction, Matt. If y'all d- haven't seen the opening to season two of Mindhunter. Oh, yeah, um, that was good. That's all based, that whole first scene is is really what Shannon and I are talking about of what he would do in between victims. Yeah, you know, I just read to this guy, Jeffrey Gorton. He killed his first victim in 1986 and then his next victim till like, not till 1991. Right. And then never killed anybody else. He also did um, cross-dressing and masturbatory activities and had consensual sex with his wife in the interim. Isn't that interesting? His- Raider did too. He yeah. tried one time to do something a little bit yeah, off the, kinky. you know, and she didn't like it and he knew from there. But part of it was based on fear. He's like, if I continue to do this with her, she might suspect. He was so paranoid about getting caught. I mean, yeah, he wanted to keep going because he was of the more of the more organized. Yeah. So he had that, the cognitive ability to, yeah. and he knew he was in, insatiable. So he had to find ways. Yeah. 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 Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> Number two, all serial killers are insane or evil geniuses. Only you. Only me. I am the only one that is both insane and an evil genius. Yeah. As a group of, I mean, serial killers, suffer from a lot of different things. Uh, They're not, you know, I don't know. Insane is obviously a colloquial word. And so people think, oh, they're all insane. And we use that just as, just like a dumpster fire word, you know, like like people use the word crazy. People say insane. In an illegal setting, it means something entirely different. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, if you think about people found not guilty by reason of insanity, you can have a mental illness and mm-hmm. not be deemed insane. Insane simply means that mm-hmm. they knew exactly what they were doing or they knew the harm of what they were doing in the exact moment that it happened, not three seconds before, not three seconds after. But yeah, you're right. I mean, insanity really is just this trash can term for yeah, something we say, don't oh, understand. That's so insane or whatever. But I guess most, I mean, what I was reading is that most people are, are not adjudicated as insane under the law. Like no, that's less than really, 1%. Really rare, yeah. yeah. I mean, serial killers have a lot of different issues. When they range from in intelligence from like a borderline yeah. functioning all the way to, if we're looking at Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, right? To that yeah. level of intelligence, but and everything in between. So there isn't this, they all sit on this you know, intelligence quota. Well, in our media, we enjoy the story or the mythology of the evil genius who outsmarts the law. Yeah. Or as victims, because it makes it more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It plays into our fear in a better way. I mean, you know, that series Mindhunter alluded to it and talked a little bit about it, but Mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of media where the serial killer isn't smart. No, <laughs> it's just not what we want to see. I mean, the a perfect make. example of that would be the Night Stalker. He sure. was not, I mean, he right. had a lot, I mean, he was, I don't think he was borderline uh, functioning, but he certainly had a lot of developmental stuff. Mm-hmm. He had brain injury. He had epilepsy. I mean, he was. And true mental illness. True mental illness. Mm-hmm. All right. The num- number three. Number three. Serial killers want to get caught. 
Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. That's and, true. And that motherfucker did everything he could to not get caught. Right. So that's not accurate. It's it's accurate with some, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they... Say it, Shannon. Just <laughs> say it. It's not because they're looking for to get captured. It's because it might be because they actually literally don't think they'll be captured, yeah. which is a distinction, right? Yes, it is. It's like if I'm happen to be more narcissistic, I don't think I'm going to get caught. Right. As opposed to I'm trying to I'm trying to get caught where we see the writing the letters to the journalists, right? And saying come come and get me that all that taunting it's not i don't know that it's actually about being caught i think it's more about the taunting and see how much i can do and get away with it without getting caught yeah the limitlessness but i do understand that there's a there's a piece of the media that has the serial killer and i'm and i imagine this is true i mean you can tell me if i'm wrong but where when they realize they're caught they shift what they need in the moment to, oh, this is my opportunity to be a star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it sort of shifts. It's like they might spend all this time not trying not to get caught. It's like Ted Bundy, all this jumping out of windows and no, not trying not to get caught and to try to keep killing. But then when he is caught and he is on trial, he's like, oh, let me let me defend myself so I can be the star and walk around the courtroom or whatever. It's right. like he just shifted the supply Right. To the court. That's right. I don't know. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Serial killers kill dozens of people, Kathy. No. (laughs) Next. That is not correct. No. I guess, I mean, you said BTK, 10 people. Uh, Ted Bundy wasn't that many. Many of that. Well, Ted Bundy, the number is up for, you know. Debate. (laughs) Debate. Because at one point he was all like really grandiose about, you know, 17 to 20 or whatever. And then they think it's less than 10. His number's kind of all over the place. But a lot of folks, there are serial killers where it's well over 10, but on average, it's like five. Yeah. Or six. That's usually what I see. Well, and we're talking about how they take breaks and stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't. And then the disorganized folks, Ramirez, et cetera, they flame out because they just don't pay attention to anything and they go on some kind of a spree for lack of a better word. Well, and but Bundy was weird though. Cause he, it, it was like one night he decided to go out and play Pokemon go with like as many women as he could kill. Because remember the Kyle Omega murders? He's like, mm-hmm. I just killed five. I'm on a rampage. And then he goes down the road and right. kills like two other people. Yeah. So he would be, you know, like he just flamed out. Like he did. It was so crazy. Yeah. It was so all over the place. That there's no way he was going to not get caught kind right. of thing. And some of those women didn't die, which is why they True. weren't included right. in his That's right. head count. But he was more than most of what, like when we look at the, many of these, which people don't even know many of their names, the, the ones who are not as notorious, it's like three to five. Yeah. If there's an average, right? Yeah. And if I think Dahmer would have kept going if he didn't get caught. Yes. Oh, absolutely. In a very methodical but consistent way. He was very, I don't know, was like very clear what he 
needed and wanted from his life and he would have just kept going. Yeah. I imagine. But I, I can understand it because then there's guys like Kuklinski, who I mentioned before, who was a contract killer, but was a sadist and enjoyed his kills far too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably thousands. Right. Because he had access. He was literally given access and permission by his bosses kind of thing. Oh, no, he, he was, yeah. He lived in a world where that was what was going on and he was protected. We call this serial killer privilege. There you go. <laughs> we're going to find the victims for you. You don't even have to do anything. We just need you to kill them. That's right. Yeah. And we're going to let you. Right. Here's your pass. Here's your magic oh, kingdom. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Here's your magic key. <laughs> Disneyland reference for those of you who are into that. All right. Number five. Serial killers are all loners and kill by themselves. Incorrect. <laughs> no? You sounded like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I went. <laughs> I should have done it shorter like that. Serial killers are like vampires. They have a watcher. And sometimes their watcher unknowingly is their family. That's their cover. That's what makes them appear normal. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rader, Kuklinski. Uh, Ted Bundy, to a certain extent, very charming and well-respected in the community. Uh, uh, the clown. What's his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. What's our dude that killed little boys? Oh, God. Gacy. Yeah, they hide in plain sight, right? They hide in plain sight. A clown for part kids' parties. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know? Although the most terrifying way to hide in plain sight is a fucking clown. I know, because of that uncanny valley, you know? It's just like they're kind of human and they don't, but no. We can't read their faces, which is very disturbing. But would you say most of them have a cover? Yeah, I mean, they often have families, homes, jobs. I mean, it falls apart at some point. And, you know, gainfully employed. They kind of appear, I should say, average members of the community a lot of times. Sometimes they just ingratiate themselves into all kinds of places. Those of the rest of us wouldn't go. Joining PTA and... I don't know, coaching soccer and doing all these like really normative things. Running uh, youth groups at church, mm-hmm. running for office. I mean, Bundy was in politics, right. although we know there's probably plenty of serial killers in politics. Probably, yeah. But, you know, that's it. Th- although this is a a subsection of what we're talking about, kind of an overarch, it, it overarches a bunch of the different areas we're talking about. Not all of them come from deep trauma. Mm-hmm. Many of them do, but mm-hmm. many of them, they're really just, you know, if we get into the origins of psychopathy, not all of it is based on environment. Some of it's genetic and you give the right environment right. an opportunity for something to open up. Not all of them were beaten as children. That's right. They're not all, We we tend to talk about a lot of, the the folks that do have those kinds of childhoods because you know we're psych so we we talk about that and how it's how it's gone oh btk was a boy scout leader yes he was and (laughs) he also was part of their church he was very involved and he served in the air force (laughs) and he was not a loner president of his church i'm reading it right here (laughs) here's the other thing too for for killer for killers like the phantom killer or the zodiac killer because we don't have or even um the one that was cut from here to here. I can't oh. think of her name. These folks were never caught. So my guess would be that many of them lived among their community and no one knew that they were the 
you know, we think about Zodiac, we think about Phantom Killer. These are folks that we think, you know, if you look at it, it's like, oh, they must have lived in isolation up in a hill somewhere and they come down at night. It's like, no, dude, they probably <laughs> lived right next door to you and fed your dog when you were on vacation. Fuck. We don't know. So no. sometimes we make this assumption if we don't have the identity of a killer that they lived alone somewhere. But more often than not, they were probably fully immersed in the community because they knew exactly where things were and the locations of things and the timing of things. You have to be part of your community to do that. Loners, my ass. <laughs> Spooky. All right, number six. <laughs> All serial killers are narcissistic sociopaths, Kathy. Aren't they? No. Okay. I mean, moving on. <laughs> if they are, they are. They tend to be more grandiose in their presentation. Sure. It's like what we were talking about with, you know, taunting the police, mm -hmm. making statements, wanting to tell the story. Would you like to give us an example maybe of one who was not or wasn't at least to this level that there would be this kind of diagnosis? Well, Dahmer, I right. mean, he wasn't a narcissist. He was not. And Richard Ramirez was nope. far too delusional. Yeah, he was a sexual sadist, but that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. He was... Yeah, and I mean, Ill. and going along with that, you know, a, a lot of people think that all serial killers are sexual sadists or mm -hmm. it's about sex. Mm -hmm. And it might might be about relationship and how they relate to humans, but it's not all about sex. They're not all sex, mm -hmm. sexual sadists or any of that. I mean, Bundy wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was just clobber him over the head and gut him out. Yeah, and some of them are more into asphyxiation and then mm -hmm. the sex, but but you know, we've mentioned several today that were definitely sexual sadists or it yeah. had something to do with sex. Well, and, A lot and, of the ones people know the names of. Right. Are <laughs> That's right. Well, those are the more terrifying ones, right? Yeah, when, when they it, get ripped out of your bed in the middle of the night. Yeah, absolutely. This is a comfy conversation. It's fantastic. Welcome. Number 7. Serial killers are not people of color or women. Yeah, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> in fact, some of the most prolific, we just don't talk about them, sure. are African-American males. I mean, there's if you go on, you can look at the top 20. And again, going back to what we were saying earlier, many of them are like three to five. Uh, Henry Louis Wallace, I'm just going to name a couple, Chester sure. Turner, Derek Todd Lee, let's see who else do we have in here, Lorenzo Gilliard, some uh, these range anywhere from like the 50s to the 70s to, you know, Craig Price, Mark Godot, a lot of them include rape, sexual assault, and murder, they're all over the map, but there are plenty, we just don't talk about them as much because course we i think as a society we have sensationalized the white male serial killer they get a lot of attention 
they get, with the exception to Richard Ramirez, he did get a lot of attention. But would you say that's our own internalized patriarchy? That one hundred percent, you know, and and we only pay attention to the white ones. So the, the yeah, exactly, and and how fascinating they are, and I think we also make the mistake of assuming that the white ones are the intelligent, organized, and right. Not you true. know our folks of color are the disorganized, uneducated, and I think that is just a stereotype. So isn't it more interesting to look at the Hannibal sure. Lecters? Sure, I mean the mythology comes from somewhere i mean all the myths that we're talking about today have do have data to say Mm -hmm. that they are the majority you know each myth it's like the myth came from somewhere we're just talking about it's not all it's not all or nothing so one one of the studies i was reading said 74 percent of the murderers uh, were from the united states they did this study of like 550 cases 85 percent were male in this study so i'm not saying that it isn't the dominant we're not talking i'm not talking about color right now but there it wasn't the dominant that they were male and eight percent were female in this study 82 percent were white 15% were black, 2.5% were Hispanic. We're in this one particular case where there was 550 cases studied of serial murder. And so the mythology, all these myths come from a place of, it's the dominating and prevailing view because there have been these studies that say it's a majority male. Well, and if you think about it, it does add up for me because if you're looking at Dahmer, Bundy, some of these folks that even early on when there were major warning signs, they were given the benefit of the doubt simply because they were white males. So all of these red flags were nothing but, oh, no, you know, slap on the wrist or, you know, you're going to do something with your life if you, you know, don't do X, Y, and Z anymore, that they were giving multiple opportunities, which for somebody like Bundy, who is a narcissist or not, was a narcissistic sociopath, mm-hmm. that he was like, oh, look at what I can get away with. And I can use my looks and my charm and my whiteness and my maleness and all of this stuff. So in some ways they were given a much larger platform and more leeway to do more where some of these other folks you know, after one or two, they're caught, they're thrown in prison forever. These guys were given multiple free passes. Oh my get God, out of jail the privilege, free. the privilege that, I mean, I think that's a really strong point around it is because the privilege that is afforded the white male in our society is so evident in a lot of the cases that we've looked at. They are the police letting them do this, that or the other. You know, society, women, you know, that were most of their prey was women, except uh, we've obviously spoken about Dahmer, who who preyed on on males. But when you are preying on women, women, a lot of times, especially the victim type that he was looking for, was going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. Was going to not believe the worst in him because of his white Which was part of the game. And because he was good looking. Yep. And, and so it really speaks to the fact that people of color, I mean, I, this is not out of data, but people of color are going to get caught way faster because the police are always looking at them to find something wrong and they're interacting with the police all the time, yeah. getting pulled over because they're black, right? Right. So like there's racial profiling and then there's also what we call in psychology confirmation bias, right? So if you look at somebody like Ted Bundy and you find him good looking and you find him intelligent and you find him all of these things, 
what confirmation bias essentially is, is you go into then evaluating that person with certain attributes that you are in favor of that then take over your ability to actually assess them accurately. Got it. Yeah. You fried, you fried at old Sparky Ted. Oh God. Do you remember that shirt we saw <laughs> at the convention where it was like old Sparky? And I'm like, I can't wear this anywhere. Oh but my this God, shirt is so. But you bought it anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't. But because I'm like, I could wear oh. it at home. But do I really want to wear that to bed? It Am was I Ted Bundy. It was a it was a cartoon of him. Ted Bundy <laughs> in in old Sparky. And it oh was like, my God. God! Oh, I know what you're talking it about. Was such a good shirt. There was a booth, and yes. all of the all of the shirts were some sort of serial killer thing. Yes. Oh my God. But old, he was sitting in old Sparky. I'm like, I don't know it's if we like, can get I away with it. It's like, I can't wear any of this anywhere. Oh. What am I going to rep Charles Manson? Maybe, but uh, with all the, the cancel store? culture. I don't think so. You'll be canceled at And I don't really want to, but they were hilarious <laughs> to look at. Like, I, I don't really want to have conversations about my Manson t-shirt in the yeah. grocery store. Or Ted sitting you know on old Sparky. <laughs> like, you know, that's what's going to happen. Oh, oh, that's an interesting t- <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, is that Ted Bundy on your t-shirt? Is that and Sharon then it's like- Tate in a pool of blood on the... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no. Some people would get it. Most people would be very offended. Uh, Yeah. Like, I go places with people under 12, so... <laughs> That's not going to work. No, not wearing that to work. <clears throat> no, thank you. All right. Serial number eight. We are on number eight, ladies and gentlemen. Number eight. Serial murder is an epidemic. It is not. Oh. The reality oh, of serial homicide in the United States. Yes, ma'am. No more than 1% of all murders. Yeah. It's not very Common, common, (laughs) significant. You know, I mean, there were a ton of serial killers between 1970 and 2000, like in the last millennial during that 30 years, especially as we know in the 70s and 80s. It just became part of the media. And so it just seemed, and there were more then than there are now, I think. Well, I don't think you can get away with as much. I mean, this is why a lot of the movies now are, you know, made back in times where we don't have cell phones and ring cameras and all these things where it's like, you dumbass. We, we saw you walk up to the house and break in. When you look at all these unsolved yeah. murders, you and I have talked about some of these older unsolved cases in some of our previous episodes, some of, of which they wouldn't be able to get away with some of these anymore. Oh my God. Have you been on the next door app in your oh neighborhoods? My God, the Karens are there Rampant. and the Karens and, and Joe Bob's. I mean, I don't know what the male equivalent of a Karen is, but like, the Chad. They're, they're, okay. The Chad is there and they're all talking about it. Sometimes it, it helps when my dog got oh, out it's once. Fantastic. That's that. how we found her. Yep. It's fair. And I see a lot of that on next door. Yeah. But, but the yeah, rest some of this of other like, stuff, it's a little, Oh my God. They're folks, always, they're constantly saying, was that a gunshot? Intrusive. A gunshot? I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, you live in white suburbia. You're just wreck. No, it was a firework. Shut up. Not, I mean, talk about people who have never lived anywhere where there's actually been gunshots. <laughs> I know. Like, that like, didn't even seriously. sound. Seriously. Ugh. Like again. Number nine. Serial killers' behavior can be predicted. No. I mean, we've talked about this on various shows, right? Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about an in-depth study of... Risk assessment. You know, a risk assessment that's done by a professional. But we also talk a lot of in-depth around, 
you know, the last 25 years of their life, you know, the first 25 years of their life and how it may have affected the actions that they took. And so that might give people some sort of mistaken thought that, oh, well, if all of that was happening in the first, you know, 10 years of their life, couldn't someone have predicted that they would act that way? It's like, no, because that was just a piece of it. A lot of what any individual person goes through, hundreds of thousands of other people have gone through that too, and they didn't become a serial killer. That's right. Yeah. There's so many different contextual pieces that you can't, it isn't a roadmap. Right. We know things that can heighten risk or heighten the, the probability of things, but we can't say this plus this equals that, which they've tried to do that in they the have. past with the dark triad and all of those things, which, you know, we know that there are problematic pieces to that concept. It's problematic, Kathy. It's problematic, like me. <laughs> um, there are truths to it as well, which is why, again, you have to put in all the other contextual pieces for it to, yeah. And that makes sense. All right. Number 10. Pulling up her pants. <laughs> Not that Number they 10. were down. No, uh, well, they were downish, pantsless recording. <laughs> <laughs> downish. My serial killer light. No, pedophilia light. Oh, Isn't that's that what, what I said we on the Jared about. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what episode was that? Good lord. Oh, Jared. Jared. He's pedophile light. Yeah. No, it's not a thing. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> Number ten. Our last and final myth of the day, Kathy. Serial killers are misfits and socially inept. No. <laughs> I love Come on, how no. everyone I read, you're like, nope. No. <laughs> no, many of them are, like we talked about, fit into society well. They're very unassuming. They get along well with, I mean, they in some ways to be that successful and not be the target of like, you know, when you watch a movie like The Burbs, okay, everyone's looking at that house going, those are fucking weirdos in there. Right? Yeah, and that, we would definitely look at that house and say that. Right, but it'd be the serial killer standing out in the lawn with us going, they're fucking weird. We would be the serial killers in that. Yes. In that instance. <laughs> the serial killer, you, you, you pass that dude at, at Target in the toothpaste aisle. He's just getting toothpaste today. Yeah, the weirdos are doing something else. The serial killers are passing in the light of day. The weirdos might be your school shooters. Yes. Right? That's a whole other episode. But that's a, And that's the point is like these mental or illnesses. Bomber, and bombers. These, yeah, yeah, personality kind of disorders. They manifest differently in the types of crimes and the way that they. But serial killers, it's just they're so fucking bored. Mm -hmm. And they're so callous. Think about if you woke up one day with the brain of a reptile. You didn't know how to tap into empathy. You had no fear, no brakes in the car. And you're like, I'm going to go fuck shit up and not even be sorry about it. Yeah. And on top of that, have unexplicable rage and yeah. feelings that you were so uncomfortable in that you had to. Big emotions. Yeah. Some big emotion, whether it's sexual anger, some, some big emotions that you don't know how to channel. And you have no empathy and no inhibition. And so. they have to be externally channeled. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. But they learn how to mimic us. Yeah. They learn how to mimic empathy. 
So this is what makes them so good is they have that cognitive empathy. They can walk around and go, how should I be right now? Mm -hmm. And that's where they get (laughs) you. They do get you, Kathy. I hope they don't get you. I hope they don't get you. Okay, fine. You have a lot of neighbors. (laughs) It's true. It's 2023. Why do we still have neighbors? All right. This has been an episode. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> Season six. Season six. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You know, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, whatever you like to do. And if you happen to like our show, it would be super exciting if you would leave us a glowing review somewhere. somewhere. Spotify or iTunes. Or reach out to us on social media and tell you tell us what you think. And yes. if you happen to be a serial killer and listen to this episode Don't. and we got anything wrong, yeah. please let us know. Oh, golly. <laughs> or not. You could just write the glowing review and fit in like everybody else. Just fit in and not tip us. I don't want to leave anyone out. Not tip <laughs> Also, if you want to help us out and you want to consider donating to us and becoming a Patreon, you got lots of uh, extra, extra content in the Patreon. So we very much appreciate you. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. shimmying over here. (laughs) How did I miss that?